Welcome to the Evangel Palatine Podcast, the official podcast of Evangel Church in Palatine, Illinois. The wild man from Windsor comes to preach the word. Can we give a good, warm welcome to Pastor Richard as he comes to preach the word? Here he comes. Good morning. How are we all? It's great to be in the house of the Lord. Thank you for that nice welcome, Pastor Ron. Um, it's an honor always to be able to share, share the word of the Lord. It's something I take very seriously and something that I love to do before God and before you guys. And I just want to welcome everybody that's watching on our overflow room and those that are watching online as well. And uh, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Richard. Yeah, I'm the guy who speaks properly. And um, when I spoke a few weeks ago, I mentioned how Pastor Trenton challenged me to do my sermon in a Southern American accent. And it kind of got me thinking, um, how many of you next week would like to hear Pastor Ron preach in a British accent? Yeah? You come hither. <laughs> there we go. So Pastor Ron, I challenge you next week. British accent, please, because God is British. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. It's true. Okay, during this season called Shelter to Renewal, we have seen how significant people in the Bible who, despite facing many difficult circumstances, God has used those times as a time of sheltering. And it was in those times of being sheltered where they were renewed in Him. God used those times to refine and define their character to become more like him so that when the time came, when it was in God's timing, they not only saw that they had changed, but they also saw how their circumstances also changed. My prayer is that God will continue to reveal his plans and purposes to each and every one of us because the God who renewed Jacob, Joseph, Naomi, is the same God that can renew you and help you fulfill the plans and purposes that he has for your life. When God sends us to a time of sheltering that we're experiencing right now, we can see how God is not going to put you back where you were. He's not going to place you where you want to be, but he's going to position you for what he wants to do. If you're in a time of challenge right now, Maybe you're facing challenges in your family. Maybe it's in your health. Maybe in this season of shelter that we're in right now has caused some challenges in your finances. Or maybe even with your own walk with God. Whatever it is, I want to challenge you this morning. In your time of challenge, renew in Him. With the assurance of Romans 8.28, He works all things that's all things, that's everything, together for good, for those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. We have to trust in him and not in our challenges. You are not forgotten. God has not forgotten about you. The fact that you are alive today and hearing this message right now is confirmation that God is with you because Romans 8.39 reminds us that nothing, say that with me, nothing, 
absolutely nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. So it's time to turn those frowns upside down and show me those beautiful smiles. Oh man, what a handsome, beautiful group I'm preaching to this morning. All with your eyes. The title of my sermon today is The Salvation of a People. And we're going to look at the story of Esther. It's a book of nine chapters that's found in the Old Testament. And it's one of the most pivotal books because of what God did in and through the life of Esther. Now, to give you some context about the story, this was written at a very difficult time for the Jewish people. They'd just been captured and taken into exile in Babylon, and they were now slaves in a foreign land. What I love about the Bible is when we read about these stories of how God moves, the same God still moves for us today. Despite the people being in very difficult and challenging times, God was working behind the scenes. There was a divine purpose for all the decisions and details documented in the story of Esther, but none of that actually became apparent until the end. Someone needs to hear this this morning. You have to trust God and in his perfect timing. What we will see in this story, how God was, he was arranging all of these events to bring about his divine purpose, which was to save the Jewish people. Whatever challenging times you are facing right now, hear me on this. God is working and God has a divine purpose. Now, before we look at the life of Esther, I want to actually read a psalm that we know very well for reasons that I will make clear later. Read it with me on Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not sleep. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by any day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going, both now and forevermore. So the book of Esther. At this time, there was a really, really bad king called Xerxes. And in the story, he just had this huge banquet for seven days. And then he ordered, go and fetch my queen. And he asked the queen, his queen, to dance in front of his guests. She refused, and the word simply says, the king removed her. And we never actually hear from her in the story again. He was cutthroat, and he was ruthless. So the king then decides, you know what, guys, I I need a new queen. And he orders, I want a beauty pageant. Now, this wasn't Miss Illinois 2020, but it was Miss Babylonian 483 BC. (laughs) And the winner is, no. So he goes out and he goes and finds all the most beautiful young virgin girls across 127 different provinces. And he wants to select his new queen. Man, what a romantic this guy was. 
This is where we hear about Esther for the first time. And she was one of the girls that was taken to the king's palace. Chapter 2, verse 7. Mordecai, a Jew of the tribe of Benjamin, had a cousin named Hadassah, whom he had brought up because she had neither father nor mother. This girl, who was also known as Esther, was lovely in form and features, and Mordecai had taken her as his own daughter when her father and mother had died. Now, this is where I believe we see our first time of God sheltering Esther. It was in her upbringing. Esther had had a tough start in life. She and her people had been slaves, taken as slaves in a foreign land. She'd lost both her parents, and she'd even had to change her name to her Babylonian name, which was Esther. Maybe you're here this morning and you can relate. Maybe you've had a tough start in life where everything has just seemed to have gone against you. But let me remind you something this morning. God has not finished with you yet. And God had not forgotten about Esther either. He brought a man at the right time into her life and he was a man who was after God's own heart. And he said, I will look after you. And this was Mordecai. The word says Mordecai took Esther as his own daughter. So here, we start to see the foundation of Esther's life in her early years being built as she sheltered in the Lord. In this time, she would have been taught about the Word of God. She would have been taught about godly wisdom and the importance, hear me on this, the importance of honoring those in authority over you, both in and out of the home. I want to speak to parents for a moment. Hear me on this, parents. Never underestimate the importance of investing love and godly principles into your children. This is my first ever Bible, and it was given to me when I was eight years old, when I was uh, a young boy, and this was the, parent, the, the Bible that my parents gave me. Um, let me just say I'm glad that uh, Jesus chose uneducated disciples I've got a photo up here. This is um, how I signed my Bible. I spelt it the bile. <laughs> so uh, God can use the uneducated. So I never want to hear anybody say, oh, I don't know enough. I can't even spell Bible. Um, British. British, yeah. In, <laughs> even in England, they spell it differently. <laughs> um, But I believe I'm here today because of the investment of godly parents who loved me and taught me his word. And I knew that I was loved by God and that God had a purpose for my life. This Bible has literally traveled the world with me as God's taken me from a foreign land that I now call home. And despite my natural family being many years away, many uh, miles away, This Bible acts as a constant reminder that of the decision that I made 27 years ago. Parents, please never underestimate your influence. In chapter 2, we see the importance of Mordecai's influence on young Esther. He told Esther, as you enter the king's palace, do not tell them that you are a Jew. Now, Esther, in a time of shelter, she'd learned the importance to submit to authority. And verse 20 says, she continued to follow Mordecai's instructions as she had done when, she, when he was bringing her up. She could have ignored those instructions. She could have ignored what Mordecai told her, but she chose to trust in what he was saying. Esther's decision 
to submit to authority and to trust the godly advice of Mordecai was critical. I challenge you this morning, what authority are you submitting to? Are you submitting to fear, doubt, and worry because you don't understand what's going on right now? Or are you submitting to the authority? That's our God, who is the God Almighty, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the creator of you and I, where nothing is too impossible for him. I challenge you this morning, submit all your ways unto him. So here we enter Esther's second time of being sheltered. It was her time of preparation. Say that with me, preparation. It was her time of preparation in the king's palace. So she ends up being selected for Miss Babylon. You are one of the candidates and you're to become queen. And she was taken to the king's palace. And in verse 9 of chapter 2, we see how God's blessing was on Esther. It says, she pleased the man in charge of the king's harem and she won his favor. Immediately, he provided her with beauty treatment and special food and assigned seven maids from the king's palace to attend to her and move her into the best place in the heaven. Now, so to cap, Esther, before she was allowed to go and even see the king, had a time of 12 months preparation of beauty treatments. For me as a husband, it kind of helps me why my wife takes so long to get ready in the morning. Um, But it also reminds me, you know, whenever you go to a wedding and there's this preparation, my wife seems to always need a new dress. Rich, I need a new dress and I need jewelry. And I'm like, well, what's wrong with the other 52 that you've got in your closet? Whereas we men, hear me men, we men, we walk over to our one closet, which is usually part of our wife's closet, and... And we pick out our one suit. And the big question is, will I still fit in it? That's the only question us men. And we, so we put it on and we look in the mirror. Yep, that will still do. And we have our one suit. Whereas the women, they love their beauty preparation. But to be fair, it worked. Think about it. We men try and put things in our own understanding. But there was purpose in the preparation of 12 months of Esther getting ready to become a queen. The word says the king was then attracted to Esther more than any of the women. So he set the royal crown on her head and he made her queen instead of Vasti. The king gave a great banquet and proclaimed a holiday throughout the provinces. Now, when you read this, you can think, wow, Esther is the new queen. What a heroic story. But God's time of sheltering leading up to this moment was crucial. We can't miss God's preparation. Think about it. Esther, in this 12 months, she would have actually, I'm sure, been riddled with worry. She knew that the king didn't know that she was actually a Jew. There wasn't this beautiful, romantic, falling in love story. She was selected to marry a ruthless, evil king who had removed his previous queen. She would have been worried about her identity. A Jewish girl now having to learn the culture and ways of being a Babylonian, but also the mannerisms of how to be a queen. You can just imagine her thinking, what if they find out who I really am? What if I don't please the king? Will he just simply remove me also? And think about this. She's no longer living with Mordecai, 
the man who had brought her up and loved her as his own. I'm sure she may have felt very lonely and alone. Times of change and uncertainty can be very worrying. In this season of shelter right now, where there is so much change and so much uncertainty, are you worried? I think if we're all honest with ourselves, at times we've all been worried about something. Are you worried right now about your marriage? Are you worried about your children? Are you worried about your job? Are you worried about that next visit to the doctors? But hear me on this. Do you know what's interesting about worrying? It's it's the only thing that isn't affected when we worry is the very thing that we're worrying about, right? When we worry, everything else is affected. We're affected, the people around us are affected, but not the very thing that we're worrying about itself. The Lord dropped into my heart this week and I wrote it down. Submit your worry unto me. Don't let this time of sheltering be a time of worrying, but a time of renewing of your identity. In a time of sheltering, Esther learned her new identity. She was royalty. I believe we need to hear this again this morning. Guys, you too are a member of the royal family. 1 Peter 2, 9, 10 says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who calls you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received God's mercy, but now you have received mercy. It's time to submit your worry unto him and walk in the new identity of a royal priesthood. You are a son or a daughter of the king of kings who knows who you are, who knows who, what is planned for your life. It's time to know who your God is and who you are in him. So let me finish the story. One day Mordecai is at the king's gate and he overhears two guards and they're talking about, we're going to plot to kill the king. So he goes and he tells Esther, and Esther says, she goes and tells the king. And the word says, when Mordecai exposed this plot to kill the king, remember this part, it was recorded in the book of Annals of the king. So basically, it's written in this book, okay? This will come back later. So after this, the king, he then appoints a number two. His name is Haman, and he is equally as evil as the king. Haman hates Mordecai. He hates him because whenever Haman walked around, the only person who wouldn't bow down to him was Mordecai. Mordecai the Jew. Mordecai stood out to Haman. He rattled Haman. It's like if one of you stood up right now during my sermon. Please don't do that. We've got Frank and Tony on security. (laughs) It wouldn't work out good for you. But Mordecai had learnt that the only one he would bow down to is the Lord. And this made Haman really mad. He knew Mordecai was Jewish, so he started to come up with a plan not only to kill Mordecai, but I am going to wipe out all the Jewish people. So he goes to the king, and he comes up with this big story. We've got to get rid of them. They keep multiplying. They're going to become a threat. And he asks, king, would you grant permission to exterminate all the Jewish people? A pretty big request. And the king says, sure, no problem. What's for lunch? He didn't care 
He was so evil, so ruthless, such a big request, and he just granted it like that. Mordecai, he then hears of this story that his people and him, they're going to be wiped out. And the word says he urges Esther, please go into the king's presence and beg for mercy and plead with him for your people. Suddenly, Esther's put in a position where she had to respond. But she says, actually, this isn't possible. It's too dangerous. There was a law that if you hadn't been specifically called by the king to see him and you just turned up unannounced, you would be put to death. The only exception is if the king extends the gold scepter to her, to her. To further add to this, Esther hadn't seen the king for a whole month. I'm sure she's starting to think, have I lost this favor with the king? Has he forgotten about me? And here that worry starts to creep back in again. But what I love about Mordecai is he shoots straight. He just tells her as he is. He says, hey, Esther, do not think that because you're in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will come from another place but you. And your family will perish. And who knows but that you may have come to a royal position for such a time as this. I can imagine Esther thinking, well, Mordecai, why don't you really tell me how you feel? You know, like, really, like you didn't mess about. And here is where we see Esther's third And final time of sheltering and renewal by God. It's in her position as queen in the king's palace. Again, Esther submits to authority. Again, she takes on what Mordecai had said. But she recognizes that her time of a royal position had come for such a time as this. She says, go gather all the Jews and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days or nights, and I and my maids will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law, and if I perish, I perish. She'd got to the stage of, I am going to do this. But God had sheltered her in those three days, again of preparation before making a decision. God gave her wisdom in those three days, and courage to reveal to her why she had been made queen, but also that now is the time to reveal that actually you are a Jew. And actually it was her people that were going to be destroyed. Let me encourage you just a moment. Let's not be a people that are led by our emotions, but we submit our ways unto the Lord. Sometimes when we're presented with having to make big decisions in our lives, let's not be quick to make decisions based out of immediate emotions. But like Esther, let shelter in him and let the Lord renew you. Let the Lord give you wisdom and courage and speak purpose into your circumstance. So Haman, the evil number two to the king, he's invited to a banquet, just him, the king and the queen. And then afterwards, he's in bed with his wife and he says, hey, Honey, you know that guy Mordecai? He still won't bow down to me. He is rattled. So his wife says, okay, Haman, right now, go and build a gallows, build it overnight, tonight, so tomorrow you can hang Mordecai on it. Look at this, a decision being made out of pure immediate emotion and not sheltered in the Lord. 
So here we have it. Tomorrow, Mordecai is going to be hung. Esther still hasn't told the king about being a Jew herself. And everything looks lost and helpless. But then, enter God and his perfect timing. Chapter 6 says, that night, the king could not sleep. I believe it was because of the noise of the gallows being built that night. Because if you look at it, the number two's house was positioned next to the king. So it would have been right by his bedroom. And they're up all night. You know what it's like when there's construction going on outside your bedroom. And you're trying to sleep. Clang, 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 clang. And you're like, I just want to go to sleep. You've all been there. So what did the king do when he couldn't sleep? He thought, what would help me fall asleep? I know. Read me that book. The one we talked about earlier, the book of the Chronicles, read that to me. That will help me fall asleep. Personally, when I can't sleep, um, I like to put on Planet Earth with David Attenborough. You know his voice? He's like, and here we have the baby cubs who cannot find his mother. And you're like, his voice, I just make, that's what I do. But he didn't have David Attenborough at this time. But lean in on me, lean in. Do you remember that book we spoke about earlier? This book, he said, read this to me. This book was many, 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 many pages. But it just so happens that the page that opened and they started to read from, they said, it was found, recorded there, that Mordecai had exposed the plot to kill him by his two guards. Now the king is really awake. Who is this Mordecai? Was he ever rewarded? What do you mean, no? What do you mean that he exposed this plot to kill me but with no selfish ambition? Esther then tells the king what she really wants. Chapter 7, 3 and 4 and 8 and 3. Grant me my life. This is my petition. And and spare my people. For I and my people have been sold for destruction and annihilation. 8, 3. Esther again pleaded with the king. Falling at his feet and weeping, she begged him to put an end to this evil plan of Haman against her people. The king answers her request. Haman is hung on the gallows that he built the night before. That I believe the king couldn't sleep because of the noise of the gallows being built. And the Jewish people not only survived, but they flourished Guess what happened to Mordecai? He replaced Haman and became the king's chief advisor. The Lord had a plan for Mordecai's life too. And in the fullness of time, the period of captivity for the Jewish people ended just as it was prophesied in Jeremiah. I want to close by telling you this morning that the king never sleeps. Let me bring you back to Psalm 121 that I started my sermon with. He, that is our God, who watches over you, will not sleep. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither sleep nor slumber. The Lord watches over you. If you feel you are facing an impossible situation and God seems to be distant or silent or maybe even asleep, 
Remember who you are. You are a child of the living God. Remember that you serve a God who doesn't slumber or sleep, but you serve a God who promised to bless you and not harm you, to give you a hope and a future. The Bible doesn't say that weapons won't be formed against you, but it does say that they won't prosper. Would you stand this morning? I want to release the word that the Lord had dropped into my heart over you again this morning. Guys, it's time to submit your worry unto him. Don't let this time of sheltering be a time of worrying, but of a renewing of your identity. It's time for all of us. If you feel comfortable, would you put your arms just up in a time of surrender? It's time for all of us to fully submit all of our ways to the Lord. No more submitting to the authority of worry, doubt, or fear. It's time to fully submit all your ways to the authority, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. With every eyes closed and every head bowed, if you're here this morning or you're watching online, and you've not fully submitted your life to Jesus. You worry about what happens after this life. I want to encourage you to make the best decision of your life. Give your life to Jesus and let him take your worry and know that your future is now eternal in heaven. If you've never prayed the prayer to invite Jesus into your life, I want to repeat after me, dear Jesus, I invite you right now to be my Lord and my savior of my life. I ask you, Jesus, would you forgive me for all of my sins? I promise for the rest of my days that I will follow you. And I thank you, Lord, that I'll be a good and faithful servant for you and see you one day in eternity in heaven. To the body here this morning, I want to pray for those who are in a season of worry right now. Would you lay it down at the altar? This is your moment right now. When I do this, I picture big, big hands. They're my father's hands, my God. And I take what I'm worrying about. I've done this since I was eight years old. There's a verse in Matthew that talks about do not worry about tomorrow. We have to be ruthless with worrying and give it to the person who took all our sin so that we didn't need to be worried. The word says do not be anxious about anything. But it's our choice. I want to encourage you right now, every single one of you, because we all worry. We have to submit our worry. And I literally visualize what I'm worrying about and I place it in the Lord's of my, in, into the hands of my Lord and Savior. And I see him close it. And he says, I will take that away from you. And I ask, Lord, fill me with a peace that transcends all understanding. Guard, Lord, my heart and my mind, because I don't know what is happening right now, but I know that you do. Right now, we walk so much carrying around the weight of the world that we don't need to. And this morning, I want to encourage you to give it over into the hands of our Lord. As Pastor Adam and Susan sing, I encourage you just to let that that minister over you as you receive just that letting go of submitting your ways unto the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, thanks for tuning into the Evangel Palatine Church podcast. 
Evangel Palatine Church is located at 4801 Emerson Avenue in Palatine, Illinois. Evangel Church, you belong here.